<laughs> Welcome to another episode of Just Meg, the unique podcast created to discuss anything and everything while remaining completely real, raw, and totally uncut. I'm your host, Meg, and it's time for us to get started with another episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. You know, it's me, your host, Meg. I'm super glad that you're here. Um, Today, I am going to jump right into our topic simply because um, I feel like (laughs) this is really, really weird, but I I feel like I need to get this out and I need to get it into your ears and into your head and into your mind as soon as I possibly can, Um, just because this time of year is coming and I, I want to talk about how I've kind of dealt with it. So today we were talking about body image because all of those, hey, get your summer bod ready or drop the pounds before summer is coming. And I have some really strong, passionate opinions about that, which I'm sure is like shocking to you, of course. <laughs> but um, we're going to talk about that and how I have overcome all of those like feelings of needing to hide my body and everything else and the whole drop pounds before summer comes because uh, newsflash, you don't need to do that. But let's talk about all of the things that I've researched in the last year that have made me feel more confident in my body and maybe I can help jumpstart you into doing that research as well and getting into loving the skin you're currently in and living your best life. So let's get started. Okay. So this episode is is going to be very, very dedicated to loving your body Um, because this is something that I used to struggle with. Every year towards the end of the school year, I would start to feel very, very negative about my body. And I I went through it throughout the year, but it got very strong towards the end of the year because summer was coming and, and there were weddings and there were vacation. Well, not always vacations, really limited vacations, but there would be pool time and there would be, you know, I wanted to lay out in my own backyard and feel comfortable and like all of those things that kind of come with summer just around the corner. And I would get to the end of my school year and I would feel completely like just mad at myself for every taco that I ate and every time that I, you know, ordered lunch rather than bringing my lunch and just eating like a peanut butter jelly sandwich, which is also not extremely healthy. Um, But I, I would just start beating myself up and my summer would then kick off with me really, really hating, like a really heavy dose of self-body and self-care like hate like just really really hating my body so then I was like yeah like summer's coming I'm gonna do as many workouts as I possibly can and my diet's gonna completely change and then that would last for maybe a day and a half and then I would just you know not do that. Um, but then that would also keep me from like, it would give me anxiety as friends weddings showed up or then I became bridesmaids in people's weddings. And so this vicious cycle lasted. I mean, I, I lived this cycle forever. I mean, every single time, even back in college. I mean, like any time that I have attended school, (laughs) I have felt this way since I've become aware of my body. And since I've become of like society's 
um, become aware of a society's standards about what my body should be and what we should look like and everything else. Um, I've lived this vicious cycle of really strong self-hate and the summer bod, you know, drive and everything else. And I, I think that that's a lot of women. I don't think that I'm special because I've gone through that. I don't think that um, I'm unique because I've experienced this. Like I really truly believe, and I'm sure there's research out there that would back up the fact that many, many women fall into this category. And it, it happens throughout the year. Like if you look at the span of the year, and this is something that I've looked up and learned in the last year, is when you look at when those, you know, like, um, advertisements come out and they're like, Hey, you know, like Christmas just got done or Thanksgiving just got done or like a really important holiday where you may be overindulged a bit. Well, Hey, guess what? This is the solution to drop all that weight. Right. Or to shrink your body or to fix your body because, you know, you've messed it up now because you ate food that you enjoyed. <laughs> you, you, you broke a routine. So here is the solution, right? That's how a lot of companies function. And a lot of people fall into this like diet circle of, okay, yeah, I'm going to start a diet. The diet's going to fail because of X holiday or because I went on vacation or because, you know, I went to a wedding or someone's birthday or whatever. I fell off the wagon and now I have to get myself back on and this is the solution. And the thing is, I know that some of you are like probably looking at me sideways because you're like, Meg, like you're, you're a coach for Beachbody. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I totally am. But here's the thing. It's my business and I get to take the parts that I want and leave the rest. So the whole idea of shrinking my body is not my goal. I just move for my own health. And if you've been around, um, you know that that's my goal. Like if I lose weight, great. But like, I don't, I'm not embarrassed by my jiggle anymore. And I used to be, I used to hide it. I used to wear the really bag, like the really baggy shirts to the gym. I would wear really, really long basketball shorts. So you couldn't see my legs. Um, and then I found high-waisted leggings and those are still my best friend. I do love those. Um, but I love them because they feel good. I don't, originally when I found them, it was because, um, they, I would buy really tight ones. So it would like suck my gut in um, or push my gut in. So then by the time I was done working out and by working out, I mean, running on the elliptical for 30 minutes and then leaving, which is not, um, efficient in any way, shape or form. Um, I would have not only a stomach ache, but I, I didn't drink water enough. So I would be super dehydrated and I have a really bad headache. So, um, yeah, like I just really, really beat myself up physically and mentally, um, as summer got closer. And I'm sure you can like nod your head and relate like, yeah, like I totally understand. Or maybe you're someone who's like, yeah, I don't feel that way. <laughs> um, and that's fine, but this is, you know, this is coming from my struggles and everything that I've learned in the last year. And so that's kind of where we're going. So when it comes down to like a lot of people, the biggest thing that I see people struggle with is swimsuits, right? No, and, and jeans, buying jeans and buying swimsuits is probably one of the most treacherous tasks for any woman. And I completely 100% agree. Um, but I'm not going to talk about jeans so much because we're not, I mean, it's going to be hot. I don't know why you're going to wear jeans, but, um, if that do your thing, like no judgment here, do whatever you got to do. Um, but when it comes to swimsuits, like I personally started to wear a one piece suit in my early twenties, um, because I felt that uncomfortable about my body. <laughs> um, 
I, you know, like I, I was in that phase of like, okay, um, I've lost my athletic physique. I don't belong in a two piece anymore because I'm not working out and I'm not, you know, like I'm not in the shape that I once was. I don't belong in a two piece swimsuit. Um, that's what society told me. That's what magazines told me. That is what, when I went shopping for swimsuits, um, that is what was in my head. And so that is what I saw in the mirror when I did try it. If like, I thought I would find a cute suit and I would want to put it on and then I'd put it on and I would look in the mirror and I was just immediately just like, no, this is so gross. And, and that's what was in my head because media had fed me all of these different images. Plus I had bought into them. Like that's the biggest thing. Media is going to feed us images and, and expectations of our bodies, no matter what we do. It's how we, take it. We can take it or leave it. And I absorbed it and I lived by it. I lived by the trends. I lived by, you know, like this is what a body should be. Like right now you should have just abs, like just really great abs, you know, like that's what you should be. And then the next thing was, oh, well look at JLo. She has a really nice butt. Like that's what you should be. Okay. So now I have to have abs and a butt. Okay, cool. Okay. Now you need to have like arm definition, but not too much definition. Like don't overdo it. So then it's like, okay, so now I'm doing abs and working on my butt and I'm working on my arms. And and then they were like, okay, well your legs, like mm, if they look this way, you're not going to wear these pants. Remember when gaucho pants were a thing? Yeah. See, any of those little fun like polls that I would take on like Cosmo or like I would read Cosmo, like <laughs> it always came out that my body figure was not great for gaucho pants. And to be 100% honest, I don't know whose body was made for gaucho pants. Like those things are really flowy. Not to say that anybody's body is wrong. I just think the pants are wrong. I think they're great pajama pants. I don't know. I don't know that that ever should have been a trend. <laughs> To be 100% honest, like there, there are some really questionable trends that we, we bought into and tried to morph our body to be, um, one of those in the Cosmo poll or the quiz or like whatever it was. Um, but the thing is this happens over and over and over and over in time to the point where what I have done is I've actually looked up some different articles <laughs> that I'm going to look at. Okay. Um, just because they have, and like, literally you can look this up, you can look up, go to Google and you can search like, okay, how has, um, the female body type like trends changed over time. So I found one that went back all the way to like ancient Egypt. Okay. Because women's bodies have always been a thing. I mean, even in hieroglyphics, right? Like women's bodies are there. Like we've been very aware of the female form for a very long time when it comes to human history. Um, so clearly, you know, there might've been an expectation. So, but when you're looking at ancient Egypt, like mm, what's the year here? Uh, it says 1292 BC. Ten, ten, oh. No, 10, 1069, or I can't read that. I don't know what C and BC means. I'm I'm sorry if you know, I apologize. Anyways, ancient Egypt, here's what we're looking at. Um, they weren't really um, you know, like men at this time were a little bit more um they were more focused on men. It was a very manly driven society. Um, but women were, I mean, you did have you had Cleopatra and things like that. But at one point, I mean, you hear about Cleopatra and like she was an amazing, you know, Egyptian woman and everything else and that whole story. However, what I'm seeing here is it's talking about being slender and narrow shoulders and a high waist and a symmetrical face, um, which that's still a thing. Like that is 
that's been proven in many different scientific studies. Like I think they did one on George Clooney's face a long time ago. Like having a really symmetrical face leads more people to think that you're attractive or something like that. I mean, that's a nutshell, but anyways, so in ancient Egypt, um, women were actually encouraged to be independent. Um, so to the point where like, it was a very like sexual positive environment. Um, and women could divorce their husbands without shame. And it was very much like, we wanted you to be beautiful and feel beautiful. And this was how they, um, portrayed that. So, um, or at least that's what this article is saying. So, Ancient Egypt is like slender, narrow-waisted, um, symmetrical face, which you don't actually see them talking about the face um, in any other location. Um, so they were very, very... And if you think about it, when you look at like sarcophaguses, like the eyes are very much something that is um, uh, very focused on. Like you have really big eye makeup, especially on men um, and their kings and their pharaohs and things like that. You see these huge like eyeliner kind of paintings that on their eyes and everything else that really accentuate the eyes. Um, so their face was very important. So then you kind of move to ancient Greece, um, which is like 300 BC. Um, and this is kind of where you see those like plumper full bodied, um, women. But again, when you're talking about ancient Greece, men were very, very important and they were held to a much higher standard because at that time, like Greece is where your Olympics were started. So men had to have like this physical, like really athletic kind of body. Women were not really, um, thought highly of to the point where they thought women's bodies in ancient Greece were just a disfigured man's body. Um, so men actually had really, really high standards of beauty and perfection more than women, which I think is really, really um, unique. But at the time, what they viewed as, you know, not as disfigured, I guess, since they were viewing women's as bodies as disfigured, um, was this plump, full-bodied and light skin. Like they didn't want you out in the sun. So then the interesting thing is you move to the Han dynasty, which is 206 BC to 220 AD. Um, and this is, are you noticing that it's all around the world, right? Like, so we're going from Egypt and we're going to ancient Greece and now we're in the Han dynasty and which is like Chinese culture. And so you have a slim waist, pale skin, large eyes, small feet. And I've talked to, and actually not talked to, but read, you know, like, um, and watched many different beauty. Like I find beauty in different countries and cultures very, um, very interesting. So when you look at Chinese culture, um, they were very much something that women were, uh, they resembled their husband's income and their, in their hierarchy and their title, um, and their wealth. So one of the biggest things was the small feet. And if you haven't looked up feet binding, like feet binding was a huge thing. The smaller the feet, the more money your husband had, the more wealthy you were. Um, cause it meant that you weren't spending time on your feet. You had tiny feet. Um, lit, they still kind of believe in pale skin. I will tell you that there are like, I watched a documentary where there is actually like skin whitening creams um, that actually harm the skin because if you were out in the sun and you actually have a tan, it's actually viewed as like a lower class thing because it means that you're working out in the rice paddies. Um, so if you have pale skin, that means that you don't have to do those things. So there are actually people that will buy like a skin altering lotion or cream or they'll have treatments that actually lighten their skin tone because um historically that is culturally what 
they find to be beautiful. Um, so it was very much like really long black hair. Um, the, the small feet thing is a huge thing. I'm like, you can see, like, if you've ever looked up foot binding, like it, it, it always blew my, like it blew my mind. Um, but like the foot binding in, in the Han culture is very similar to like the wasp, like waist cinching, um, that also happened. And I believe that was, it was either in England or here in the United States, but like wasp, like wastes were also, um, a big thing at one point in time. Anyways, moving on. So then you run into the Italian Renaissance and this is kind of your, you know, the Renaissance was like the full bodied figure. I mean, all of the art and all of the sculptures really embody full, like full bodied women, the round stomach, the full hips, the fair skin. You've got a very full chest. Um, and they really embraced that about women, which I think is so beautiful. And I think it's something that we've really kind of gotten away from. Um, but again, the wife's duty at that time, and we're sitting at like 1700, um, the women's duty was to reflect her husband's status still. So that's similar across many different cultures. Um, but yeah, like full body. And it meant that you could afford food and things like that. So um, very, very interesting. So I'm going to stop here because I think that we've already gone through, I mean, just in a matter of a few hundred decades or a few decades, um, you've gone from ancient Egypt, which is, you know, slender, ancient Greece, which is plump and full bodied. Then you go to the Han dynasty and they're wrapping their feet and they want pale skin and a very slim waist. And then you have the Italian Renaissance, that has like full hips and round stomach and all like ample bosom and everything. I mean, like it's gone back and forth over and over again. And I find this so interesting. I don't know why, but the more I dig deeper into the history of women's bodies and what they found to be beautiful, the more and more I'm like, wow, like society just really doesn't know. Like <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like this is my body. And at the time that I'm alive, you don't think that this is gorgeous. Like, I don't know why I'm letting you dictate it because in a few years, it's not going to matter, which we're going to get to. So I'm going to take a quick break for a minute um, and catch my breath because I'm really, <laughs> I'm actually sweating because I'm so um, like worked up about this. So let me go get a drink of water and I will be right back to talk more about um, as, as these um, eras and decades move on, how the body, the view of the women's body changes. But if anything, I want you to think about like how crazy this is. If you've never looked it up, like I, I want you to write it down. Also, before I take a break, if you've listened this far, one, thank you. Two, what I need you to do is I need you to stop, take a screenshot of this, make sure that you share it on Instagram and tag me. Um, I'd love to hear your takeaways. And don't forget to go leave a review on iTunes. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear what you want to hear next. But I will be right back because I'm sweating and I really need water. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> okay, so um, <clears throat> clearly I really enjoy this topic. Clearly, this is something that I really, really like looking up and researching. Um, and also, sometimes I like wing my podcast episodes, but clearly I have facts with me. So, um, okay, we stopped at the Italian Renaissance, which clearly, I mean, already we're very early on in history and we've already gone back and forth. And even if you watch Netflix shows or anything, like you can look at the way that they've styled women in the hair and the makeup and the body figure and what was um, appealing or what was a big deal at that time. Um, <clears throat> so now we move into Victorian England, which is like 1837, 1901-ish. Um, and you have 
it's full figured and that cinch waist. So this is where that corset comes in. So if you've watched any of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies or if you um, like I really like Harlots on Hulu, <laughs> which it, it's just a very interesting show to me. But like it's all of the, you know, you had the layers upon layers upon layers under the dresses and, and the very narrow waist and women were, you know, had huge like skirts and they wore like the wire like undercoating thing. I mean, like just ridiculous. Um I would not have survived. I'm going to tell you that. Um, but it, it gave the perception that they had, like, this. De- apparently the desirable hourglass figure of the time. Um, so this is around Queen Victoria. And at the time, many, many people said that she was one of the most influential, and now even historians will say she's one of the most influential people of that time and had one of the most influential figures on that time. So um, emulating Queen Victoria was very important to a lot of women. And of course, the fabric was a huge deal of your dresses and, you know, the plumpness. And it wasn't like overly plump. There was a, there was a certain level of plump, plumpness that was appropriate, of course. So this is kind of where you begin to see, um, like, they want a figure, but not too much of your figure. They want you to be a little bit plump, but not too plump. It was a, a desirable, and you could, you could probably cross that line very easily. Now, again, you swing all the way back, so then you hit the 1920s. And this is that boyish kind of figure, the flappers. Um, dress hems go from the floor... <laughs> And they shrink all the way up to like mid thigh above your knee. Um, you know, th- there's a flat chest and you really don't have a waist. It was a very boxy figure. You have a lot of short bob hairstyles. Um, and like to the point where women were actually at this time wearing bras that flattened their chests. Like, do you, can you imagine how painful that is? I mean, throughout history, all of these things, minus the Renaissance, the Renaissance sounds pretty accepting, to be honest, but everything else sounds so painful. I mean, really, and Egypt, Egypt had nothing as far as like morphing your body that I, I could be wrong. I don't think they really had a whole bunch. It was, unless your eyeliner got in your eye, that might be the only thing, which still happens today. But flattening your chest or wrapping your feet or wearing a corset, like, oh my word, women have done things to their body to please and appease others for centuries. Like, what in the world? Okay, sorry. Total tangent. Anyways, um, they really didn't want curves in the 1920s. They they wanted this very thin, boxy figure, um, which I think is so interesting. And I still do. I love I love 1920s. I do. Great Gatsby. Hello. Um, anyway, so then you kind of hit um, the age of Hollywood. So that from the 1930s to the 1950s, you have, you know, Marilyn Monroe, who was the golden girl of Hollywood. So that classic figure um, really kind of gave the ideal woman's body an example. So they still wanted the hourglass figure. They still really liked at this point, they they then brought back curves. So 1920s, the, the boyish boxy figure didn't last very long. And then curves came back. So again, the pattern of we want you to be thin. We want you to be curvy, but not too curvy. But then we want you to be thin. And then we want, I mean, like society and trends simply cannot figure like decades cannot figure out what they want about body, like a woman's body to look like, which leads me 
close to my next point here. So then you go from the 1930s to the 1950s where they're like, yeah, curves are a great thing. Then the 60s hit and Twiggy shows up. Um, and, and that brings a whole new, a whole new body trend, a whole new, you know, if you've ever seen Twiggy or if you've ever looked up Twiggy, like just an amazing model as she was and just completely, um, changed. They, they wanted thin, they wanted, um, like slim legs and like more of like an adolescent physique. Like they didn't really want you to have a chest or curves or anything else. Um, but it was a very thin, thin era of like that is what the women's body should be so again went from curves to skinny are you seeing a pattern here are you seeing this derive like really we can't make up our minds honestly and then you hit that supermodel area um area era oh my gosh um which is like the 1980s (laughs) so you have those like workout videos with the leg warmers (laughs) and like the leotards um (laughs) big hair they wanted you to be tall. They wanted you to be athletic, but they wanted you to be like kind of curvy. Um, it, I mean, we've all seen the eighties, right? Like it's just like the leg warmers. I mean, it's just, it's just awful. Okay. And then the 1990s era, um, like we got, we got a little, like we got real skinny, like beyond, beyond being okay. Skinny um, in here, they mentioned Kate Moss, um, and, and they're kind of, what is the, what is this quote? Uh, they call it heroin chic. Um, so I mean like really, really thin 1990s hit and it was very, very thin. Um, so again, like kind of swinging from, we want you to be this athletic curvy to nope, go back to being extremely thin. Um, and then we're kind of into today and like the, even in the beginning of the 2000s, it was like, that is where you kind of saw, no, we want the airbrushed abs. And now we want you to have like a really full tuchus in the back. Um, and now it's like, okay, well, you need to be kind of curvy and you need to have a very large chest and a very large butt, but you have to have a flat stomach. Um, and you, like this thigh gap thing came out of nowhere um, so, I mean, like I mean, clearly just in that, in that synopsis, which is a little bit longer than I intended, but I mean, we've gone back and forth so much that I'm sweating again, um, <laughs> but we've gone back and forth so much that honestly, like society can't make up its mind and society just goes with trends. What's popular right now? What's making the society money right now? Like, So the fact that we often buy into, oh, my body type shouldn't be in a two-piece swimsuit, it's just absolutely berserk. Like, why am I listening to this trend? Like, why am I following it? Because all it's telling me is that my body is not the type or my body isn't good enough because we constantly are swinging back and forth between, yes, we want you to have curves, but not too curvy, but we want you to be thin. And you know what? There actually is something called too thin and we don't want you to be there. So instead of what I've decided to do is instead of listening to society dictate what I need to do about my body or how my body should be, like I've completely closed it out of my mind. I really, really don't care. Like this is my body and I have one of it. And I finally gotten to the point where society cannot dictate what trend I need to have on my body or how my body should be part of a trend. That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Like but it, I mean, it just goes to prove like this just continues in history that women's bodies should be this way or that way. And it's completely dictated by trends or the time or whatever. 
I mean, at one point, my body type being curvy and voluptuous was very highly sought after. Now I am just too much for some people. <laughs> like It's whatever. But there is something that we have right now, which is like a very body positive kind of um, movement. And you have a lot of models that are full figured. Um, but it's it's within reason right? Like it's not, like they aren't usually of color and they aren't usually, like they don't really have a tummy. Um, you don't really see them have like stretch marks and dimples in their thighs. Like it's still very, a certain kind of curvy. And so here's what I'm going to say. If you're someone who has been, you know, like, I really wish I could wear a two-piece swimsuit. You can. The only thing, it's not, the only thing that truly isn't ready for you, like you don't need, let me back up. So the ad says, let's get your body ready for summer, summer, as if your body isn't already for summer, okay? As if you aren't ready to jump into a pool or hang out in the sun or whatever. So the ad says, hey, this is going to help you get your summer body, okay? First of all, your body is all ready for summer. Your body is ready to live its life. It doesn't matter what season it is. Your body is already ready, okay? What's not ready is you and your mind. Honestly, tough love here. It is you. You are not ready because you have absorbed all of society's standards and trends and you've listened to everything that it should happen or it should be and it should look like and how you should dress for your figure and what kind of makeup you should wear for your skin tone and X, Y, Z, okay? You've fallen into those societal standards, which we all do. Like This is normal sociology kind of stuff, okay? So you've fallen into that, but I'm going to tell you right now, you have to stop. I'm really getting into it. I'm clapping. This is bad. Okay. You and your mind are not ready. Your body's fine. Your body's doing its thing. It's living your life. It's helping you live your life. The only thing that is simply not ready is you and your mind and how you view your body. So I'm going to tell you this. What I did to get over this was one, I really dug deep and I looked into this stuff and I was like, oh my gosh, like why does this, why does society's standards of my body even matter? Like, why do you get to decide if I am beautiful or not? You don't. You don't. If I feel like I am beautiful, and that's the thing, they don't want you to feel that way because then you won't buy this product. And then you won't do this self-tanner. And then you won't buy this, you know, magic makeup that, you know, makes you lose all of your double chins or whatever. Like, that's what they want you to do. They're playing into your, they're creating an insecurity and then they're making you purchase on that insecurity. And you don't need to do that. You do not need to do that. Now, the other thing that they do as far as swimsuits go is they'll say, yeah, this is a large. And we all know that a large in different stores and different locations is a very different large <laughs> or extra large or whatever. Um, and I have some amazing people that I follow on Instagram if you want to go be a creep and look at who I'm following. Um, but the lady that created, the CEO and creator of Mega Babe, which is the deodorant I use, her name is Katie Serino, I believe. Um, she is like a, a, a blogger that's all about like, you need to make my size. Like she's tall and she's curvaceous and she's bold. And this is why I love her. Um, but she she goes into stores 
And they're like, yeah, this is the biggest size that we carry, right? So they're like size shaming people essentially. And then she goes in the dressing room and she takes on it and she calls them out and she's like, you need to make my size. This is a problem. And I think that that's kind of the mindset that we need to have. Like, no, 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 no. You don't get to dictate how my body fits into your clothes or if I'm worthy of buying your clothes because I'm not a size zero and a half or whatever. Like, you need to not let society control you and instead spend your money and purchase the products that make you feel good about yourself and that make you embrace your body and the amazing tool that it is because it's it's absolutely insane. So here's what I'm going to say. If you want to wear a two-piece swimsuit, wear a two-piece swimsuit. If you don't want to wear a two-piece swimsuit, don't wear it. But don't don't ever, ever, ever let trends or society or nasty people dictate how you view your body. How do you feel about your body? And when you when you start thinking about that, are you thinking that way because of something that you read? Are you thinking that way because of something that you've seen? Are you wishing parts of your body away because you want it to be like somebody else's? Because that is such a problem. You should not ever wish parts of your body away. That is one of the worst things that you can do for yourself mentally. So I'm going to I'm going to share a couple places that I found that have really helped me. So when I first started on my like self-care um jiggle journey as I call it because let's be honest we all jiggle and the fact that you want to hide it is just ridiculous like just embrace it doesn't matter what size you are you're going to jiggle. <laughs> but anyways. So a little over a year ago I started on this jiggle journey and I I told myself that um you know, I was going to really dig into why I felt the way about my body the way that I did. And that's when I started like really digging into, okay, okay, society kind of dictates women's bodies. And now they're trying to dictate more about our bodies, but we're not going to go there. Um, But it really has, they really want to control a woman's body. And, you know, it's, uh, my body is not here to appease you. Period. End of statement. Just like your body is not here to appease me. Although there are some body types that do appease me. Thank you, Hemsworth brothers. <laughs> but um, th- that's not why they're there. <laughs> Anyways, I dug really deep into what society thought as a beauty standard. And it constantly changes. Like, there's no there's no way we're going to keep up with it. So why do we even try? Like, have you, ever, have you ever heard your mom go through a closet and she's like got something that has shoulder pads in it? And you're like, why? Like, why did you want to do this? It was a thing. It was a thing. They wanted to look more manly and like square shoulder. Like that was a thing. That was a beauty standard. Okay. Shoulder pads were a beauty standard. Hello. It was in fashion. That's scary. Okay. And there's many other scary things like the jeans that didn't completely go over your butt. I believe I, that was like my middle school days. Like they were cut really low, like the low cut jeans. No, thank you. I would like my high waisted jeans, please. Thank you very much. Um, so here are some things that I've done. I I've dug really deep into history of that and society and sociological, all that stuff. Sociology, sorry. Um, Then what I've done is I found companies that truly don't limit their sizing and they embrace all body types. Um, When it comes to swimsuits, I actually purchased a swimsuit. Um, If you don't know who Ashley Graham is, she's an amazing model. She's from Nebraska. Um, I've met her mom and they're like the sweetest people ever. (laughs) But um, she, she is a curvaceous model. 
um, that has broken some bounds for sure, but is very honest about continuing to make the work in the fashion industry and everything else. Um, but she actually has a swimsuit line through something called Swimsuits for All. And there's also another blogger that's called Gabby Fresh. Oh my gosh, these swimsuits are absolutely amazing. So you're big chested and you're curvy and you want to find, and even if you're not, like Swimsuits for All just has great sizing, great quality, um, great customer service, I will tell you. And they are so great about finding things that work for your body. But the fact that it's taken this long for me to find a company that did that for me is, is sad. So I'm telling you now, if you have, if you want to do a swimsuit, do swimsuits for all. Um, last year was the first year in, um, how long has it been? Nine years almost that I actually, um, wore a two piece swimsuit. Nine years. I have let my body hide. I have avoided swimsuits. Um, so, uh, I put it on and I really liked, I, I had to talk myself up. I had to like keep myself from going back into like, oh my gosh, you don't belong in this. Um, and then as I like talked to myself, um, I finally posted like a, a picture on Instagram of me like really feeling good where, where I was. Um, and I got amazing feedback, which was amazing. But um, seriously, like it's amazing what can happen when you find your size and you find a group of people or you even find a company that supports any kind of body type like that, that. I think that was the most rewarding thing that I found. And then from there, like right now, um, I never would have worn a crop top, but right now I have a Jonathan Van Ness um, crop sweatshirt on <laughs> and I've got no problem wearing it. Like I feel good in this. No, my stomach isn't flat. Yes, it jiggles. And yes, I have high waist leggings or like workout pants on. What about it? Winnie the Pooh wore a crop top. Why can't I? <laughs> and everybody thought he was cute. Like, the, come on. Come on, people. You can't dictate how I live my life or what I wear. Come on, come on, come on. So here's what I'll leave you with. If anything, I hope that you've you've learned or recognized the fact that society's standards of what beauty is or how a quote unquote, how they think a body's like a, a woman's body should be or the trends or anything else. They've literally gone back and forth and you have got to stop using your body to appease other people. It needs to make you happy. You have to love yourself. You're not going to find joy when you're trying to stick with trends and be the perfect body type. That's not going to happen. It's not attainable. You've even, I've even read blogs and posts from, you know, women that have done powerlifting and they have amazing physiques and they they are like I was at my most miserable point at that time because I didn't think that I looked good enough and these women are like amazingly like muscular and like buff okay like it doesn't matter chasing a certain body standard isn't going to make you happy moving your body and really really taking care of your body because you only have one that is where your joy is going to come from You've got to take care of yourself. And honestly, just stop listening to what everybody thinks your body should be. If they don't like it, tell yourself, my body is not here to please you. It is for me to live my life in. My body is not, I'm, you're not a model. Hello, neither am I. So if you're not getting paid to look good or look a certain way, why are you worrying about it? Why are you chasing after it? Okay. I'm sweating again. So. If anything, 
I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I hope you've learned a couple things. Maybe you needed a little pep talk. Maybe you need a little kick in the shorts. So there it is. Um, yeah. Okay. Deep breath. So everybody take a deep breath. I got really worked up. This is something I'm very passionate about because I think more and more people need to know that your body is your body and it's beautiful the way that it is. And on that, I'm going to let you go and enjoy your week. If you need another pep talk, let me know. I'll have, I, this is a very strong passion of mine. <laughs> if you can't tell. Um, but honestly, you're beautiful the way that you are. Don't let society or anyone else tell you otherwise. And don't you dare ever, ever, ever let society or someone else make you feel a certain way about your body and lay it out. It should never happen. You should feel good about you. And that's all that matters. So thanks for being here. I love you dearly. I hope you have a great rest of your week and I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Hey, before you go, I just wanted to take a quick minute and say thank you so much for listening to this episode. I'm so glad that you're here. Please let me know that you're here by taking a screenshot, tagging me on Instagram at Meg Slope, S-L-O-P-E, or popping over to iTunes and leaving a review right now. It just takes a quick minute and I absolutely love reading them. If you're someone who didn't like the episode, hey, go ahead and keep that to yourself because I'm just here doing my thing and sharing my story with everybody else. But I love having you here. Thank you so much for supporting this podcast and I can't wait to see you in the next episode. See you next time. Bye.